Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What's going on, y'all? Welcome into a brand new episode of Snaps Christmas Week, rolling right along. And I hope you're all having a wonderful one. As uh, I know I am, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit, y'all. Watch this wonderful life already. A little diehard action. I've been consistently drinking whiskey every night. It just feels so good. There's few better feelings in the world than getting a little whiskey buzz on with a lit Christmas tree at the edge of your peripheral, right? Just kind of hanging all the other lights off, moving on, and then at the edge, Christmas tree lit up. Mwah! It's absolutely wonderful. Just like our guest today, Dusty Devotercheck, uh, Oklahoma great, uh, badass, white boy nose in the NFL, Used to have the longest, swaggiest hair I've ever seen. Uh, and now you can catch him on uh, SiriusXM Radio all over the place. It's actually our first time doing any radio together, which is crazy considering him and Aaron work together, him and Jake work together. Dusty, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays, boys. Great to be on. Now, I, I liked you a lot more before you started talking because whatever you said, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, Let's not. Yeah, I mean, what are you? To get off on a bad start here. I mean, come on, T. I mean, we all know it's a phenomenal all timer of an action flick, but Christmas movie it is not. If you want to watch it around the holidays, you do you. But I mean, look, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're doing this because there are certain pop culture touchstones that you can just wrap yourself up in like a warm blanket, right? And this would be one of them when it comes to uh, sports talk and or the internet. But 
Dusty, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> like, what? I mean, it's set at a Christmas party. It's got Christmas music littered throughout, including the crescendo when he kicks Hans Groot. We're like, yes, it is absolutely a Christmas. There's no debate. There's it's an, no debate. It's an it's a phenomenal action movie that takes place in Christmas time. That's what it is. Look, okay. look, no, 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 no. I think. Can I, I throw? Can I throw? Can I throw Harry Potter into this? I mean, do we consider the the Sorcerer's Stone a Christmas movie? Because I watch it on Christmas. I kind of consider think, it Christmas ish. See, so funny. Harry oh, Potter actually gr- bridges. Okay. Harry Potter bridges a general holiday gap to me. Like I can, I can watch Harry Potter from Halloween on. But it's only in the fall time. Nobody wants to watch fucking Harry Potter in the summer. That makes no damn sense. No, no. Just but so that's what I would say. This is the litmus test because you're right. It is a great action movie set in Christmas. But as Locke Hesse points out in the chat, it feels wrong to watch Die Hard when it's not Christmas. At least that's how I feel. I have never once watched it in the spring or summer. I only watch it this time of year, and that that's how you know you. It's it's a women's intuition, if you will. Me being the woman. <laughs> In this situation, who is this thing? Who is that? Who's who's BS? Can we please pull up John's quote? Please, can we please pull up John's quote? Uh, T Bob, I made the great choice of listening to staffs of my 13 year old nephew during the ass eating episode. (laughs) He thought it was hilarious and he has subsequently subbed. You're welcome. Yeah, John, spreading the good word. To be clear. Uh, Ocho drew first blood when it came to ass eating. Like that was the launching pad. <laughs> okay. I was saying that while I am a degenerate and I love talking crap and I love, I mean, hell, we were talking about snorting vodka on my morning show today. Like, well, I love all this stuff. I've never eaten ass. Have you, Dusty? <laughs> I'm just sorry. You don't have to answer that. Oh. I know you are a professional. You can if you want. I mean, <laughs> I I'm gonna play fifth. Uh, Here we go. Perfect. Perfect. Plead the fifth. It's probably the best forever. Yeah, but I'm gonna. Man, I'm gonna have oh, to hang with you guys more often. This is <laughs> this, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, this uh, is uh, uh, my favorite thing. Several <laughs> of my favorite things all wrapped into the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> there we go, dude. Uh, um, thing going. All right. Woo. So, need some water. Uh, we are a college football show, though. Yes. Uh, so we will be talking college. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for hanging out in the chat. Hit the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. 11.2 now, the road to 12.5 before the natty continues. Let's roll right along. Um, all right. Dusty, there's there's a lot I want to get to. Uh, real quick, because a lot of times I find that us football guys, and I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, we all play college football or whatever. A lot of the football guys tend to kind of side eye recruiting. I, I feel like not get as into it as um as other college football lovers. Do you have any thoughts on today's signing day before we start talking Texas, Oklahoma playoffs and whatnot? Yeah. So I mean, look, it's it's just so different, right? I mean, I'm a little bit older than you boys, but you know, the February national signing day was such a big deal. Uh, I was the first guy from my high school to ever get a, a, a division one scholarship. So like that was a big damn deal uh, at Lake Dallas high school, some February back in was that circa two, uh, 2001. Yeah. So, you know, when that happened, you know, my parents didn't go to college. That was a, for me to just get school paid for and get a chance to play college football. 
it was everything I ever dreamed of. So like, I feel like it's lost that, you know, I feel like mm. this early, you know, I don't know if we, we grab onto it the way that we once did. Uh, but I still look at this as a, a, a great opportunity to help change a lot of young people's lives, whether they know it right now or not. Uh, and this may be the first of several stops along the way. And they've got a chance to, to monetize immediately as opposed to later on down the line. So it's just, it's got a different feel to it. And I don't follow recruiting that closely. I mean, I call games for ESPN and ABC. I really focus more on the college game, but I respect and appreciate uh, that these recruiting rankings do matter. Four yes. and five stars do matter. Mm. Yes. yes. I was a three star, right? And so I've always, there for a while when I first got into media, I kind of, I was this guy that was like, oh, stars don't matter, right? That doesn't matter. It means nothing. Well, that's bullshit. It does matter. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know that it matters. Now, is every four and five star going to pan out? No. And there's going to be no stars or three stars. They're trying to be all Americans and great players in the NFL. But the numbers bear it out. Yep. The teams that are competing for conference championships and national championships are getting the best players, are getting the bulk of the four yep. and five star players. So from that aspect, I do pay attention to, you know, where are teams falling in the rankings? Are you in the top 10? Are you consistently in the top five, top 15? Mm -hmm. Because, look, there's a direct correlation to wins on the field. Do mm -hmm. I bog myself down and worry about individual players? Am I grinding on high school film? I, I can't do it. I got three mm -hmm. kids. I got multiple jobs. I got a lot going on in my world. I talk to people smarter than me that do cover it and have them tell me about the people I need to know about. And then I really talk to college football coaches or I watch them with my own two eyes when they get on college campuses, mm -hmm. really evaluate who they are. But to act as if I don't pay attention at all to the recruiting rankings, that's not the case, man. There's too, there's too direct of a correlation to winning yeah. championships. And, and 100%. Winning. No, you've nailed it. I mean, I've been saying for the, the, the micro, I don't care about the macro. That's what you pay attention to. Mm -hmm. are, you, are, you, are you staying relevant in that top 10? It's like Alabama and Georgia, they're always one and two in Ohio State. And oh, why the fuck are they always there at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. um, speaking, of, speaking of signing day, there was a, a coach that was in Oklahoma not very long ago that I think when he left and went out west, he said something to the effect of he was going to go to USC because Oklahoma, you couldn't get the players. Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. Did you guys scroll and tell me where USC is in the national mm -hmm. recruiting rankings? Oklahoma I'll, I'll get it for you right now. It's not good. Oklahoma's eight, USC was 17. Is it, you know, Brent Venables, mm -hmm. his number five recruiting class last year, was the highest rated class since Bob Stoops. I know there was a coach in between somewhere. They just say you can't recruit somehow. Brent Venables in his third recruiting class has had the eighth or eighth best or better recruiting class since he's been there. So I just want to dispel this myth that you can't get players. And the great thing about what's going on right now in Oklahoma, they're getting defensive players. They got mm -hmm. Nathan Stone, the number one defensive tackle. In this recruiting class, they're getting front seven players that, as you boys know, and the yep. SEC where Oklahoma's mm -hmm. going, you better be able to win the line of scrimmage. You're going to be in a whole world of hurt. So I just thought we'd start to spell myths here early on. Well, I okay, Oklahoma. I have to, Dustin. I got to ask you then about Lincoln, right? Because I caught a lot of flack from Oklahoma fans mm -hmm. where Lincoln leaves. He has his incredible year one. Um, uh, Brent Venables comes in and he takes his Oklahoma program that's been unstoppable. He goes six and seven. I was like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Now, obviously, this year went great, but tell me about Lincoln. Uh, 
because right now USC seems to be falling apart at the seams. I mean, they, yeah, they got a couple shrewd defensive hires, but do you think Lincoln Riley is an elite football coach? I think he's an elite play caller. I think he's an elite offensive mind. Mm. Uh, I think he's excellent at developing quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I think it's TBD on exactly what he is as a head coach. Yeah. Um, you know, you go back and you really look and you study his time at Oklahoma. And Bob Stoops stepped away in 2017. Um, and I would argue that was one of his three or four best teams since he had been there. They played in the Rose Bowl that year against Aaron Murray's Georgia Bulldogs. And really, they were in position to win that game. Now, it fell apart in the second half and give Georgia credit, but one of the epic Rose Bowls goes to overtime. Every year removed from Bob Stoops, that program took a step back. Mm-hmm. And it took a step back. And it took a step back. They had great offense, and they had outstanding quarterback play. And as we know, if you have that, it can mask a lot of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And and then I think that he obviously left. And whenever he took that quarterback, there were some issues there that they had to sort out last year. And they're still trying to sort through those. But I think that you got a glimpse this past year that, I mean, the guy can – we see with Caleb Williams, we see with the offense, it can, it can wow and it can dazzle. But there's more to championship football than just scoring points and having elite quarterback play. It's about the line of scrimmage. It's about mm-hmm. accountability. It's about toughness. And I think the jury's still out if Lincoln Riley possesses all those traits that the elite championship-level coaches in college and in the NFL have. I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm not trying to be overly critical. I'm just saying, yeah, no, really fair. look at it. Yeah. It's just reality. And, boy, USC, I know Oklahoma's headed to the SEC, and that's going to be a bear. USC schedule next year? Mm. Outside of Florida, I don't think there's a tougher schedule in America. Yep. Yeah, and they don't have. They're middle, they're middle of the pack. They're middle of the pack. Big Ten. They're middle of the pack. Big Ten right now. It's going to be a rude awakening for those guys. You bring up Oklahoma. Obviously, you, you you can't not talk about Texas when you're when you're discussing those two teams joining the SEC. When you watch both the rosters and you talk about building the team from the inside out, and Texas obviously has done. That's why they're in a position to possibly win a national championship. How do you see both teams making that transition to the SEC next season? Like, is is one better suited off than the other? How far are both of them away from being kind of that that top tier, along with Alabama and and, and Georgia and, and and maybe LSU too? Well, Texas. I mean, look, I, I think it's pretty clear they're there, right? Yeah. I mean, they went into Tuscaloosa, they did something to Nick Saban that's never been done on his home field, beat him by double digits. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only time that's happened since he's been the Crimson Tide head coach. And it is about the line of scrimmage. Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, big, dominant dudes in the interior of that defensive line. Look what they did with, I think it's the Pancake House. Yeah. When NIL first came into play, they go get that group with Kelvin Banks and company, those elite offensive linemen, and you're seeing it really pay dividends. So why I think Texas, and remember, Sark is a year ahead of Coach Venables, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. that Texas, they recognize, and I think part of it's probably Sark's time with Coach Saban, his time with the Atlanta Falcons, the NFL, you know, championship programs are built on the inside out. You know, as much as those bells and whistles outside are great, it's still about the line of scrimmage. And mm-hmm. if you want to compete at the very top of college football, you got to have that. Texas is there. Now, they got some guys to replace uh, next year, but I think the way they've recruited Bo Davis is an outstanding defensive line coach who knows the SEC and championship defense very well. I think they're going to continue to replenish 
at the line of scrimmage. And with Quinn Ewers coming back, more than likely, we don't know for sure, but it sure feels yeah. like we're trending toward Quinn Ewers coming back. I think Texas is, is clearly set up to – I think they got a great chance to win a national championship this year. Yeah. And I think they're going to be set up in, in place to compete immediately SEC. Uh, Oklahoma beat Texas this year. So yeah. you can't say that they're that far away. But, look, mm-hmm. offensive line-wise, they got a lot to replace. Uh, they're losing so, four, four starters up front. Yeah, well, and, and they did quarterback. They, and, and wait, so they lost the four starters. That include the transfer from the other day, or did that push it to five? I can't. That includes him. So, okay. Aiden Green, who goes to Missouri. Tyler Guyton, the right tackle. Uh, you got Walter Rouse is going to graduate and move on. Uh, Andrew Rain. So, I mean, they've got, you know, they got to replace a lot. And that's where, you know, Bill Beatonbow is regarded by, you know, most. I think, I think T. Bob, I think you'd appreciate uh, Bill Beatonbow and the, the players that he develops and, the NFL talent he puts out, yeah, uh, but but they got to do it quick, uh, mm-hmm. you know, via the portal. They brought in a kid from Michigan State. They got five O linemen in this signing class here today, but uh, that is an area that they're going to have to really step it up because they're losing a lot of proven commodities. But I just think that defensively, Oklahoma's light years from where they were a couple of years ago, and having Danny Stutzman come back at linebacker, mm-hmm. Eric, and having Billy Bowman coming back at safety, I think it's going to really help the defense you know, hit the ground running in the SEC, but up front offensive line, I know you're going to ask me about Dylan Gabriel, Jackson Arnold. I mean, that's yeah. where Oklahoma's going to have to really step it up and develop very, very quickly and in, in a very tough league where the Sharks yeah. win the SEC. How, how do you, if you're an Oklahoma fan, Dusty, how do you feel about this year where obviously so much awesome, right? After a rather insecure six and seven season where you're like, man, Venables, you the guys, you're not the guy, uh, uh, you know, I want to be positive, but it's six and seven. I'm not used to that. Well, then you come out, you beat Texas at the end of the year, it's 10 and two. Mm-hmm. Like those are two great metrics, but is there any kind of frustration then that, yeah, you got the Texas win, but then how'd you slip up against Kansas and in the last bedlam and like, it's how, how do you evaluate this year two of Brent Venables? Uh, well, by me or by the fan, and I'll give you both. Uh, okay. give me, I, I want a fan check. It. Give me the fan. Give me, well, yeah, maybe both. Well, you know, fan is short for fanatical, T. Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. fans and then and Tiger fans. Uh, they, you know, they're very similar to Sooner fans. That's why Oklahoma and their fan base is going to fit perfectly in the SEC. Yes, sure. yes. <laughs> I think before the year, had you told Oklahoma fans. You're going to go 10 and 2. Will you sign off on that? Hell yeah, yeah. we'll sign off on yeah. that. 10 and 2, let's yeah. go. And be Texas. And be Texas. Yeah. Well, but see, I think that when they beat Texas, mm-hmm. that's what changed everything. Mm-hmm. Because when they beat Texas, it went from, oh, 10 and, t- 10 and 2 be a great year to, we're going to win the Big 12 and be in the playoff. Yeah. And so I think that once they won that game, you know, naturally expectations changed. And, and they, you know, so now after you lose to Kansas, after you lose to Oklahoma State in consecutive games, that flipped the script, right? That yeah. that changes the whole mindset. And all of a sudden now, oh man, where is this team? Where are we? You're right where I thought the I had them 10 and 2 before the year, not winning the Big 12. So they're actually right mm-hmm. where I kind of thought they'd be. So for me, I thought it was a, a very important year uh to show signs of improvement, to win close games, which you did not do in year number one. I thought for Brent Venables, it was a there was a learning curve, and we know how great of a defensive mind he is. But it's different when you're running the show and you're the head football coach. So 
I think that for me, it was a productive year. It was a good year. I don't want to say it was some great, amazing year, but it was to me, it was right where I thought they would be. And it tells me that Brent Venables is only going to continue to improve as a head coach. And I look, I played for the guy. I love the man. I mean, he set my house before yeah. I signed my national ever tip and had my mama's chicken spaghetti. So I've known him. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. I didn't realize that. Okay. So we go way back. I have the utmost trust that he is the right guy to get this thing going. Uh, and I thought that this year was important as you take steps. Look at Sark. Sark yep. went five and seven. He went eight and four. I was and a Sark They're 12 and one big 12 champions and in the playoff. Like mm-hmm. I, I know we want it to be instant gratification. That's where we live. And it's why what Kellen DeBoer's done in Washington makes it so incredible in year number two to be undefeated in the playoff. It sometimes takes a few years. And I thought that the natural progression of things was on point this year for me in year 200 Venables. All right. So, so I love what Dylan Gabriel did this year. Obviously we know he's a good thrower, but like the, the, the his ability to create with his legs. I mean, he's just a hell of an athlete. And I've heard Arnold is, is a, a decent athlete himself from, from some of the people I know that are close to the program, but it, you're looking at the long term with him, and obviously the, you would have loved to going into the SEC with an experienced veteran quarterback. How do you play that balance of hey, we want to make the good first impression in the SEC, but we also need to make sure that we do satisfy and keep this five star quarterback that is going to be the future. It's a great question, and it is a balancing act. <clears throat> I think it's as simple as after the year, Dylan was probably brought in and said, "Hey, uh, we can't guarantee a starting position." You know, this is going to be open for competition. And I'll just tell you, I mean, Jackson Arnold's a dude. I mean, we'll see what he does against Arizona in this Alamo Bowl. We'll see what he looks like next year. Uh, But the kid can flat out, he can play. Uh, He is a very good runner. I think straight line speed, he's faster than Dylan Gabriel. I don't know if he's got the savvy. You know, Dylan got really good feel for pressure. It'll step up, make some big plays against Texas. He throws it better than Dylan. Like, he's got a better arm. Now, he's not as experienced. You know, he's not as accomplished. It, there's a lot that comes with that. You played the position, I have to tell you. I think the ceiling with Jackson Arnold is higher. And I think, like, there's yeah. always it's a lot of spring practice. I was at, you know, quite a bit of uh, fall camp. And if you just sat there and watched practice and you didn't know who was the starter and who wasn't, you'd say, oh, that, that kid over there, that Jackson Arnold kid, I'm not so sure he isn't better. Now, again, he, I don't think he's ready and anybody would have thought he was ready. But there was a sense that if if Dylan had a year like he had the year prior, you know, maybe we see a little bit more Jackson Arnold mm-hmm. to push it. Now, it didn't come to that because Dylan was sensational this year, and he really took big steps in year two on this offense under Jeff Levy. But I think that once you lay that out for Dylan, hey, we can't guarantee a starting spot, because I think you have to naturally in today's climate give Jackson Arnold, a guy his caliber, the opportunity to compete mm-hmm. for the starting job. And if you're Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy and him were super tight, right? He recruited him to UCF. Yeah. That's why I came to Oklahoma. He's at Mississippi State. Well, since he leaves, they can make some natural sense to at least survey the land. I'm not guaranteed a starting spot anymore. I got Oregon with just bags of cash ready to kick down my door. It's a great system that meets my skill set. Mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. I can go out there. I can probably put myself in position to compete for a championship, be in the Heisman Trophy. And make a boatload of dough. I, I I leave Oklahoma doing great things, beating Texas, getting the program back on track, being beloved by Sooner Nation, and now I can go impact a third uh, potential huh. program. Makes sense for him. And yeah. for Oklahoma, 
there may be some, look, there may be some lumps they take along the way. There may be some growing pains, but I do think there's a belief that Jackson Arnold is the future of Oklahoma football. And I think that they believe that even next season, you're going to see that and the kid's going to have a chance to have a lot of success. It is funny. It is a rather amicable split, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're 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 tantalized by the potential of Arnold, and so you can say, Dylan, thank you so much. That was great. What a final drive against Texas. That was awesome. But like, okay, bye bye. Let's. Uh, okay. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready to see where the five star could take us. Um, not an easy. Hey, by the way, not an easy decision for a coach. No. But like, let me ask you this: What if, what if it goes the other way? What if Dylan Gabriel comes back? And you go into spring football and he wins the job. And Jackson Arnold says, you know what? I want to play this year. I'm going to get in the portal the second go around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how do you lose that guy in the future? Well, no, that's yeah. why, that's why, like, that's why the staff, that's why when I see Malachi Lee, Malachi Nelson leaving USC, my read on it is okay. Lincoln didn't think he was going to be the guy, right? Like why else is he out here shopping for Will Howard? Like Oklahoma said, we'll let you go. Dylan Gabriel, uh, uh, Tennessee's out here like trying to get Joe Milton to not play in the bowl game saying so go ahead and start on the I am Leva era so yeah I, I that's where a coach has to trust his evaluation of mm-hmm. the player and what he projects uh to be uh Dusty playoffs right around the corner I doubt we're going to talk to you again before then um we've been asking everybody you know just give me your I don't care about like who, who do you think's going to merge out of the four well, I'm doing the Rose Bowl on radio with Joe. Oh, Tennessee. whoa! So oh, nice. I'm nice. not going to give you a pick on that one, but okay. Um, look, I, oh, I think so Wade, cool. You get to call that game. Wow, guys, got, got the Cotton Bowl. We got Ohio State and Missouri on TV with Dave Pash, Tom Luganville. Kick off the New Year's Six, and then I'll fly to LA, go to Pasadena. Damn. I played. I played in a Rose Bowl, but I haven't called the Rose Bowl. So pretty cool to get a chance to call that and be in a playoff game. Uh, I, I I love that matchup. I think. Uh, I, I did Arkansas Bama. What was that? Probably midway through the season ish. Mm-hmm. And they were still trying to figure things out. The offense was kind of in disarray. They didn't know how to use Jalen Milrow. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with just the improvement of the O line, improvement of Jalen Milrow, how Tommy Reese is using him. You knew the talent was there on defense. And, and my kind of question with Michigan is, you know, where are they offensively? What's happened to JJ McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Like, what's yeah. happened? Because the numbers, and I'm not saying it's directly from this Connor Stallion situation, but it's that, you know, that whole situation has come about. Correlation, causation, and all that. It's, it's There's a lot of bad correlating evidence, to it's, be sure. Right. I'm not saying it's definitively that, but I do know this. If you know where a blitz is coming from and you're calling a play to put yeah. the quarterback in the spot that he knows where it's coming from, He's probably going to have a higher completion percentage of doing a little bit better things. I mean, again, I'm not yeah. saying that's the issue, but it just just naturally. So, uh, and then on the other side, you know, just just how that, you know, how the the Harbaugh Saban in game, you know, adjustments are going to take place. I think that's a a fascinating game, and I can't wait to call it. Uh, Washington, just, Washington, Texas. I mean, that's uh, mm. this this is a big time football game. I think with that one, I call four Texas games this year. Four. Oh, damn, damn. Uh, you know, basically the national Texas broadcaster. <laughs> so I'm pretty well versed in them. I think one aspect of that game that intrigues me: third down. Uh, Texas number two in the country behind them dogs in third down defense all season. They get off the field. Pete Kwiatkowski's defense. They play the run great. They get off the field on third down. Outstanding. Michael Penix on third down has been lethal. 
Uh, I think they're mm-hmm. 10, 11 third down offense. And with those wide receivers, can Texas get stops or can Washington extend drives? I think it's going to be a real key. Dylan Johnson was huge for, the, for Washington down the stretch, whether it be USC in that Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. I thought the physicality up front by that Washington O-line under talked about. And then yeah. Dylan Johnson was a hammer. Like they rode him down the stretch. Yeah. Even when Michael Penix didn't have it. Good luck against Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. Yeah. That's the best combination of defensive tackles in the country. They got great depth on the interior. If they can't run it and you're sitting there in third and long situations, predictable situations, I think third down is ultimately going to be a massive key in that game. And then I just wonder, like, the Washington defense, I, I, I probably haven't given it the credit it deserves. Um, mm-hmm. and I, cause I, but I think this Texas offense is really good. I think that yeah. they're really good. Um, they got weapons. Adnai Mitchell, I don't have to tell you about AD Mitchell, yeah. uh, Mr. Murray. Xavier Worthy is crazy fast. JT Sanders is a matchup nightmare. And it really doesn't matter who they throw back there at running back. They're able to have success. Quinn Ewers is going to be healthy. Those weapons are going to be healthy. It's going to be a tall task, I think, for Washington to slow them down. So I think it's a fun matchup, but personally, I lean Texas in this one, guys. I think Sarks got the horses, and they're a more well-rounded team. And I I lean Texas pretty heavy in that matchup in the Sugar Bowl. But I picked against Washington both Oregon games, and they made me look stupid. So they'll probably make me look stupid again. Delcy Dvorak, uh, ESPN College Football Analyst, as you heard, going to be calling games on TV and radio. Some of the biggest games out there. Hosted Dusty Danny in the morning on SiriusXM Channel 84. Uh, Dusty, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the Christmas party, your child's Christmas party. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. All right, boys. I enjoyed it. Have a good one. See you, Dusty. Easy, um, it took everything in me not to do an eating ass dismount there. But you know what? I know. So, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Sometimes we mature. Sometimes we mature. Uh, let's do this. Let's hear from our friends at DraftKings. And then during that interview, breaking UJ Bulldog news. Keep it locked here at Snaps. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap some nonstop football action. This holiday season, throw down on big matchups to the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code TBOB. New customers bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates 
to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, well, well. Do I need a bark? Should I bark? Should I bark? Yeah, do a bark. Give me a good bark, Aaron Murray. Now, why are you barking, Aaron Murray? Because Mm. during that interview, five-star KJ Bolden officially flips his commitment from Florida State to Georgia. The top safety in the nation. And I guess he goes to Buford. Yeah, Which I didn't realize Buford. there was a uh, Buford curse. A lot of people say, "What well, Buford boys never go to Georgia." We, had, I had uh, two teammates that played at Buford. I, I'm wondering, like, when did it, was this curse recent in the past decade? I well, check this out. Two guys, fuck at Buford. the Buford Wolves, go GACS Spartans for life. Fuck Buford, lost them every single year. I hate them. Uh, but with this move, Aaron, one of kind of the questions was. Okay, Bama's maybe in on some big flips. Yes, Georgia's number one right now, mm-hmm. but they just lost Riola. Could Alabama come February? Could they actually challenge Georgia for that number one recruiting class? And with this KJ Bolden flip, I just don't think that Ooh. it's um 
I know I don't think that's possible now. In fact, Chad saying it may not even be mathematically possible. Your yeah. Georgia Bulldogs are going to have the number one recruiting class in the entire nation. Alabama last year got three hundred. I'm, I'm just on the twenty four seven Sports website. Three hundred twenty eight points, number one recruiting class in the country. Georgia was second, three fifteen. Georgia, I believe, after this commit, will have like two or three seventeen. So it won't be as good as Alabama's last year, but I do think it will be enough to uh, take home the crown for this 2024 class uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Just imagine if they did have Rayola that stayed committed, uh, they may have taken that number one spot uh, even better than last year's Alabama team. So I think you've hit it really well, T. I think Dusty hit it really well. Also, like, do individual players truly matter? I mean, maybe, yeah. Like, okay. a guy like that, like, yes. I think, like, he's... So, I want to be clear about my point. I want to be clear about my point. Okay. Again, oh. to me, team rankings, again, macro yes. matters more than micro, right? Yes. But I also push back against what you see out of guys, and I love Jake, but we get in this argument constantly, uh, about guys like Jake or or maybe even Dusty, you know, guys who weren't big recruits that ended up being awesome, where they're like, ah, oh, fuck a five-star. No, mm-hmm. and Dusty didn't say that to be fair, but like five stars, yeah, some may go bust. Like Corey Foreman's transferring out of USC right now. Those are the number one player in the nation. He's transferring out as a three star. Um, even though I think the coach, you probably, whatever, some may go bust, but the majority of five stars, like they still produce the most NFL players. Yeah. Like they're still the best players. Well, what I think George, George's, George's made a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth right now because there's been numerous five stars that have been a bust in the past couple of classes that are transferring out of Georgia right yeah, now. Yeah. But guess what? That's because there's you're so getting, many. because you're getting more of them. So of course, when you get more of them, more of them are going to go bust and many are going to work out as well. So no, I mean, so all I'm saying is like, Yes, don't get married to individuals, but you sh- it's completely okay to get excited about big five-star recruits. Hell yeah. These people who put these rankings together, I mean, they 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 does it. They they truly work their ass off. Like they they watch the players, they go watch them in person, they watch the tape, they do everything to kind of put these rankings together to build that credibility. They know what a good high school player looks like. Now it's up to that individual to actually show up to the university and and produce but you're going to be given every opportunity to do so like a four and five star guy especially a five star guy if you're a mid-year enrollee you're going to be playing with the ones in spring they're going to yeah, put you with um, the ones they're going to see what you can do like you're going to get a uh, preferable treatment from the coaching staff to, to to make it on the field early especially in today's world as we're seeing right now like there is a pressure too for these coaches to get these five stars playing next season because if they don't they may be looking for a new home um, some other breaking news. There was a lot of talk that five star defensive lineman Edric Houston might flip from Ohio State to Alabama. He is sticking with Ohio State. The biggest um, one, man. I'm telling you, the biggest Jeremiah one. Smith also stuck with Ohio State, the number one right yeah. receiver, number one player in the country. He is going to Ohio State as well. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the the, the big one that I think is gonna be really interesting is Lagway at Florida. And I'm mm-hmm. actually looking on the website right now. Like I don't I guess this is people that have officially signed on 24-7 sports, but like Lagway, would you say 330 is his signing? Um, uh, yes, I believe Lagway is signing at 330. You've already, so already, dude, it's, it's. I mean, Billy Napier is a, a zombie at this point. Half of his original signing class of Florida have now hit the transfer portal. 
this class that he was hanging his hat on this year that was supposed to be the one that was going to make him. Um, he has now lost uh, five, he's lost top prospects to Georgia, Auburn, Texas, Miami, uh, five-star safety Xavier Phil uh, Samime. I don't know how to say his name. Flipped to Texas on Monday. Uh, LJ McCray, their big defensive line five-star. Mm. He has now announced that he is pushing back his commitment as Auburn's been hot on his heels. Uh, Miami's going after Darius Hayes. And then again, there is a huge late push from Texas A&M and USC for DJ Lagway, who is the five-star quarterback, the crown jewel, the max prep player of the year. Mm. Like, I know we already feel like Billy Napier's a dead man walking, but you might as well go ahead and put the embalming fluid in if he loses DJ Lagway. Yeah, it, it is. Because then I don't know what... It, 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 the thing that could save him next year is if you can somehow go to a bowl game without DJ. Like you give DJ the year to obviously redshirt and say, I went six and six with this horrendous schedule. And now it's time for, for me to, to, to essentially be given, you know, give the keys to DJ to see what this five star quarterback can do. That may buy you another year, but if there is no, hey, that DJ is there to save us. <laughs> yeah. But if, if I'm just saying, like, DJ could be a, a, a he committed to this coaching staff. Do we want to lose DJ Lagway if we fire our coach? Because if, if no, 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 sorry, no, I'm not saying he's going to get fired like when DJ Lagway commits somewhere else. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. All I'm saying like he could save his job after a, a oh, six and six, oh, five oh, and seven see. season next year is what I'm saying. Because then all of a sudden you're like, do you fire your coach after what is probably the hardest schedule in America? If you fire you probably him, probably because you chose to play Graham Mertz over the guy that everybody wants to play. It's like a first round NFL draft pick. We think God, man. no, 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 no. I'm saying the dynamics are like a first round NFL draft pick. I don't mean talent wise. I mean, like if you are sucking and Graham Mertz is your quarterback and DJ's on the bench, where he even would, if you're the coach, would have to be, it would have to be because of Graham Mertz is sucking though, too. I mean, Graham Mertz, no, what it, not for fans, not for fans to get loud or decision makers to get loud. Absolutely not. Graham Mertz could do what he did this year, which was, you know, a bit of showed him I guess you're true. I mean, good. What, you know, Dan Mullen got a bunch of shit for not playing. Uh, what's his name? Emory, uh, Emory, no. Emory Jones? No. <laughs> That's the tackle. Anthony Richardson. You remember that? No, there was Anthony no, no, Richardson. No. no, there was the other cat behind Kyle Trask, who he also got shit for not playing, and then he tried to force in and it like kind of we we talked to him about it. It cost him the 2019 LSU game. Where where Kyle Trask going 75 yards, 75 yards, and then they put in um Emory, the what's his name? That doesn't matter. You're talking about but Anthony yes, was, Richardson? No, I'm not talking about Anthony Richardson. Pitch. Emory Jones? I'm, um kind of, yes. I think that's who I'm talking about, but I don't know if that's his name. Uh but whatever. The point is those yes, those dynamics exist. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 and so, um. Oh, it is Emory Jones. Yeah. Huh. And now he's in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. How about that? Formerly of Arizona State, after Florida, and then to Cincinnati. Oh wow! Look at that. Mac Lindsay said, "I believe it's pronounced uh, Fizeme." Uh, if it's anything like the former CEO of Nintendo America, Reggie Fizeme. Shout out Reggie, giant giant man, probably the biggest CEO in uh in existence. Um, yeah, so UGA now, what is that going to give him? 29 commits. Now what? Three, five stars, unless I missed any other flips, six other top 100 players. Mm. They're first in the country with 78% blue chip players. 
The 19 four-stars of the class uh, is most of the entire country. They get the best offensive line haul in the country. Um, so obviously it's all awesome. I would say, do they need more weapons, but don't they have the number one rated running back, I think, in this class? Whatever. Fuck you, Kirby Smart in Georgia. Why don't congrats? I mean, awesome job, but like this is this is like, I don't know, like this news reads to me like Jeff Bezos made 10 more billion dollars today. Like, great. Get out of here. I don't care. Same three, baby. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Not much to change. Miami, though. Your Miami Hurricanes, number four. Florida State, six. Sure, Oregon, seven. Sure, Mario Cristobal is definitely going to find a way to win with them. For sure. <laughs> I do not understand. I love Dan Lanning's. I love Dan Lanning's class. Love yeah. Dan Lanning's class. I mean, he's building a team that is going to, in his best way possible, mirror how Kirby built Georgia. I mean, they're all defensive players. Yeah. They're all defensive. Yeah. Besides McRoy, the offensive tackle, um, who's 6'8", 365 pounds. It is uh, five-star defensive lineman, five-star edge, four-star linebacker, four-star corner, safety, corner, corner, and then you get offense tackle, D lineman, linebacker, linebacker. It's just like, wow. Like, you see what matters? Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, 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 never mind. Not Jeremiah Smith, Jeremiah McClellan. Flipped from Ohio State to Oregon. Um, yeah. Uh, no, Lanning's awesome. And again, I it's the Nike money combined yeah. with this young, energetic, very talented guy who just has the it factor in Lanning yeah. that makes him so dangerous going forward. Like, Kalen DeBoer is the better coach right now. Um, but Kale's been in this game for 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 a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll never have the financial support that Landing has at Oregon. So another, another team that's having a, a massive win today is the Auburn Tigers, and they've been hot on the recruiting. Yeah, trail too, and they like, have a potential to break woo! even into the top five if they get these flips as they've been talking about. Yeah, like, and they're getting the positions they need. Auburn, I've been saying it for years. Auburn has not had talent at the receiving position. They haven't. Like, they've been really bad. On the outside, they've been great at quarterback, but like Bo Nix didn't have anyone to throw to. Um, the guys this year, while they may be average, they didn't have any receivers on the outside. Your top two commits, Coleman and Thompson, both both five star receivers. You're bringing in and both big guys too. Like I had, I had Auburn two times. I think it, two times, maybe three times this year. And that's the one thing you kept telling me is like, dude, we don't have big receiver. Like our best receivers are like five five nine five ten. He's like, I need elite six two six three receivers. And the two receivers that he has signed are both 6'3", one's 202, one's 180. Like, big guys you put on the outside and win. Uh, first PE, just a team. I'm no Notre Dame's ranked higher than LSU. Mo Betta 4, how's LSU's class looking? Uh, let's be clear, okay? LSU just has better scouts than all these high school guys, okay? It's true. So, so their class is actually the number one class in the country. It's just that fucking Chad Simmons. What's Chad the stat? I don't know what they're looking at. What's the stat, T? I said it early in the season after I had LSU week two. They've had more three stars make it to the end. Yeah, no, no, no. In all honesty, LSU is a bit like Iowa of the South where they are awful on five stars. They're one of the worst teams in the entire country on five stars, and they're like the best team when it comes to three and four stars making the league. Yeah. Um, that said, LSU fans are not exactly happy. They want a little more. They, they, you at least need like one or two. There's a big D tackle, Dominic McKinley, committed to A&M, who's not going to commit until February. Um, 
I think LSU is going to end up hiring Bo Davis away as their defensive line coach. We'll see. And if they flip McKinley, then uh, I think that would be like kind of that, that could put you in the top 10 and people be like, oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. But um, whatever, bro. I ain't fucking work. I ain't look. LSU's not on the same level as Alabama or Georgia right now. That's obvious. Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm out here sweating fucking Mizzou and Ole Miss. You think I got time to be worried about the dogs and the tide? You better worry about Texas Mizzou and, and Ole Miss down now. here. You better worry about Texas and Oklahoma. No, I'm putting now. Texas in the Alabama Georgia category. Yeah. And I'm putting Oklahoma down w- here with us as Mizzou, Ole Miss, LSU, Oklahoma, all fighting for that fourth playoff. Damn, spot. Mizzou has moved up and you're about good for them. Hell yeah. What do you mean? Mizzou's awesome. Why wouldn't they move up? No, I agree. And like Mizzou is another team that has taken advantage of, of a great season. They're top 25 class right now. They've been able to get a couple big time transfers. Obviously, Dusty just talked to us about one of the offensive linemen for Oklahoma that has gone over to Missouri. Uh, they got another five star uh, from the state of Missouri. Like they're, they're doing a pretty damn good job to be a consistent top 20, top 25 team going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's the scary part about Mizzou. It looks sustainable. Yeah. Uh, for Ole Miss, we'll we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. Um, if they can make all the players work, it looks really good. Looks really good for sure. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up today. Uh, BA Stone Cold Tide T Bob has Brum and Baby Brum. Uh, they're doing great. Yeah, he's really excited for Christmas. Brum has now moved on to bigger, better things. Um, he's nominally our EP and, uh, but, but, but our guy, Pat Gunther is in the trenches and Chris Tran in the trenches with us, Danny Cardenas in the trenches with the snap boys every single day. But Brum and baby Brum are doing excellent. And, um, well, everybody is, uh, like subscribe, steal all the portal dreams. Shut the fuck up. Mo better. Jump to this screen. All right, yeah, 12-5 by the Natty. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Snaps. The Volume. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.